and um, I hear the first officer call out. And then the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my light and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. Welcome back. You're listening to Lodge Tales, and I'm your host, Rod Williamson. With your support, I was able to open a, uh, a new website. So the website is called lodgetails.com. I mean, that's where you can find it at. And so go out and check it out. I mean, I, I'm i going to post pictures of some of the previous people that were on the show. And at some point, you know, I might be able to, well, with people's permission, put a picture of them up and just kind of show who they are. Maybe give a little... Yeah, write a little spiel about who they are and where they're from and all that. That'd be kind of cool. So for now, this is what I have up on the website. And there you can contact us a, a number of different ways. You can leave a voicemail in case you have, you know, like a story you wanted to share. Then you can just go ahead and share it right there. This is a quick, you know, 10-minute story, 15-minute, whatever it is. And, you know, I could get it from there and... And we can include it on, on future podcasts. So there's links to to email us. And there's also an option to leave a voicemail. Um, there's links in there to where you can still find Patreon to support us through that by becoming a member. Um, Red Circle also has its own, you know, one-time donation area that you could you could donate there if you really wanted to. But anyways, that's what's new with the podcast. And... Let's get on with the with the stories. So continuing on from the last podcast with a little mini-series here of my stories. I wanted to insert one that I forgot about. So my brother and I, we were going to college up at the, the MSU Bozeman here. And uh, well, we were in this one class in the College of Business. And uh, the doors were open to the classroom. But uh, I had this little recorder, little digital recorder, and I was recording the lectures so that we could study it. We were driving down to Billings that day after school. Well, anyways, uh, I could I could hear things on that as I was... So the class is over, we're driving to Billings, I got the lecture recorded, and I'm studying it. But I could hear something on there, this weird whistle. keeps It goes something like this, like... This keeps doing that, just periodically, and I was thinking, geez, I didn't hear nothing whistling on there, you know, while it was being recorded, so 
thought that was kind of strange. Anyways, I just kept record. I mean, listening to it, and we were driving down to Billings. He was driving. I was listening, and I could hear. Well, see, the class was really quiet. It was quiet in there, and there wasn't a lot of noise. It was everybody was in their classes. It was, you know, the building was quiet too. So we could hear our instructor pretty good, and as I'm listening, I hear this. To me, it sounds like heels, maybe, or like hard, hard shoes. But somebody walks up to my desk where I have the recorder at, because I, I can hear it come to the desk, right? It gets louder as it comes to me. Slams, what it sounds like is slams hands down on the desk and yells, get out. <laughs> but, it, but it was a scream, and it was a woman's scream. I thought that was... I don't know, I gave it to my brother, I said, hey, listen to this, I played it back, I said, what do, what do you hear? He says, yeah, sound like somebody walked up and said, get out, I said, I know, that there was nobody, you know, that yelled around in there. We showed our instructor the next day, had him listen to it, and he says, oh, the door was open, there was probably somebody walking by and yelling around, but there was nobody, we all knew it. <laughs> that campus up there does have some stories to it. There is things that have been, you know, reported up there, and people have known things to happen up there, you know, paranormal things like that. But, um, yeah, I forgot about that one. I wanted to just throw that one in there. That one was pretty weird. But the audio, I lost. <laughs> I went to change the batteries, and I didn't realize that the memory is only stored while batteries are in it. I don't know, it seems kind of counterproductive, but... When I took the batteries out, I lost it all, so apparently I was supposed to download it all before I took the batteries out, and I didn't, and I lost that audio of it, which sucks. I wish I still had it. It would have been cool. So the next story that I have was about the warehouse that I worked at, you know, as a flooring warehouse manager. The uh, I had just gotten wood, a load of wood and hardwood flooring. And I think this one was like five pallets, but it's they're they're wide and somewhat tall, about four feet tall, roughly five, uh, three and a half, four feet tall. And they're wide. They're like, well, I don't know, about six feet wide or so. And so I had them stacked up because we didn't have room anywhere in that warehouse. And so I had to stack them total, you know, up to the ceiling. And I was kind of worried about them falling. I didn't, you know, I was taking every precaution I could to make sure they wouldn't fall. Like I left the forks in the very top pallet. I jumped out. I went up to it. I shook the whole, you know, tower to see if it would move. But those forks, since the weight was off of them and they were just kind of stuck in place on that top pallet, I knew it wouldn't fall and you know, I wouldn't damage all the material or anything, but I had to test it because I didn't, well, I didn't want it to fall and be responsible for all that lost product or somebody get hurt down there. And so I went back to the office and I started receiving all of this wood that I just got. And as I sit down, I'm about halfway through it, you know, entering into the computer and getting that paperwork ready to be turned in. And I had put the forklift away, was charging it again, and the floor was clean and clear. 
there was nothing out. So all of a sudden I hear this big crash that all of that wood fell. <laughs> it all fell. I just, you know, put my face in my palm. Oh God, what did I do now? You know, I didn't realize, well, I thought I was going to get in trouble for one. And two, I felt bad that I made such a rookie mistake, you know, and that all that would fall that we just got. Well, I think to myself, geez, uh, there's no one's going to pick it up for me. I better just go try and see what I can salvage, tell them what happened and go from there. So I get up. Well, I leave my paperwork in there, I get up, I start walking out because, you know, I could hear those boards, they skid plumb across that, that warehouse floor. That warehouse floor is about, oh, about 130 feet wide, you know, so all the way across that, it, it skid to the other side, over to that loading dock. I get around that corner and I'm thinking, God, I don't even want to look. So I'm kind of walking with my head down, like I'm really dreading it. I get around that side and I look up, expecting to see all that wood just busted everywhere, right? It was still stacked in place. Nothing happened to it. It was still there, but I heard it. I even felt the vibration. Yeah, That right there threw me for a loop. I, I knew I wasn't going crazy. I knew it happened, because <laughs> I, I could hear it, but when I get there and look, there's nothing wrong, and it, yeah, I, I smudged after that, I ain't gonna lie, and I, I, I kind of got scared, <laughs> I got scared, and I busted out the smudge after that one, and made sure that I cleaned myself off and everything, and nothing would bother me down there that night, you know, I was hoping just a short-term fix for it. I knew it needed a cleansing that place and you know because whatever was going on there was was pretty bad well for me it was pretty bad but um other things would happen like so I would say all of this started happening um after the guy from the other side told me that there was a guy who had killed himself that used to work there he said his name. He told me his name. And every time I'd mention his name after that, something would happen in that warehouse. Like every time, like clockwork. So I'm pretty sure it was that person, you know. And one night I was slammed. I had a lot of work to do. And I didn't, uh, I wasn't very, well, well, I was on a mission. So I didn't want to be bothered, so. When that thing started peeking at me from the furniture side, and it was looking over onto the flooring side, see, I was on my hands and knees, and I was making an area rug. I was dragging that, well, it's like a sewing machine on wheels, and we have a concrete floor, and you just sew some edging onto the side of a piece of carpet where you make an area rug with it. And so that's what I was doing one night. And... As I was on my hands and knees crawling around, this thing, or <laughs> a head, the head of a man, but it was dark, you know, like like almost like a shadow, but it was really dark. It would peek around at me, 
Same thing on its hands and knees. But it would peek at me from that other side. It's like a big threshold that leads through. It's like six feet wide itself. You know, it's big. There's no door there. It's just a big opening to the next side, to the furniture side. And he would look at me and I'd, I'd stop because I'd see him on my peripheral. So I'd stop and I wouldn't move. But the minute I got it in my mind to move, the second I got it in my mind to move, I would turn to look and he would duck back. He just kept doing that. And it started bothering me, you know. That was like the third night that he did that to me, you know, all together. And I was getting frustrated by it because I had a lot of work to do and I was all by myself down there. I was doing the work. Well, at one point we had three people down there and the bosses kept letting them go until I was all by myself. And I, I was doing a lot of work, you know, so I was thinking, you know, then I started talking to it because I got frustrated. I said, look, I know you're there. I, I know you're there. I, I see you all the time. You're always making it obvious. I know you're there. You don't have to try to get my attention anymore. I know you're there. As a matter of fact, why don't you do some work around here? Help me catch up. I mean, instead of, you know, always bugging me and slowing me down. But, you know, I was really getting, <laughs> I was getting frustrated with it. So that, that went on one night. Well, a couple nights that went on, and that night I finally said something to it. After that, he, he didn't look back at me. He wouldn't, it didn't bother me that night. I finished working in there for about another hour or two, and I left. But I was there all by myself. It was after hours. And, yeah, that, that was the last time I remember it peeking at me. But we had this camera that they... They made us, well, I kept having salespeople go down to that warehouse and take stuff over the weekend. Then my inventory would be off. We would do inventory every quarter, every three months. And if my inventory was on and it was straight, I got a bonus. But I could never keep it straight because people would go down there and take things and not invoice it. And I'd basically get the blame for it, you know, so... I asked for cameras to be put up down there. If I could get some and install them, they they gave me the green light. So I got some. I installed them down there so I could see who's coming and going. You know, it would just be a matter of, hey, I seen you in the warehouse this weekend. Um, did you invoice everything that you took out? I seen you walk out with a few things. I just need to know so we keep our inventory straight. You know, something like that. And... Anyways, as I set up those cameras, that first night I set them up and I left for home. I get back in the morning and I look in that, that program because it's attached to the computer, right? So I log in and I'm looking at it and there's, there's a lot of hits on it for that night. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I just have the motion sensor, whatever, up too high and it's just catching any little thing, you know, whatever. So I look the first video that I, I look at is sure enough there's lights kind of like flashing as they drive by and it would set it off and I was like well I'll go through them all just to make sure to see if anything happened last night I mean it didn't look like anything was out of place so I wasn't too worried about it but I thought well when I had time I went through them and I, I looked and geez I see 
there's one part where I'm pretty sure it was that spirit that was down there. He walked by my front office. There is a window there that you can see the front door of people coming and going. And that's where I had one of the cameras set up. And anyways, he's walking out or just walking down that hallway, getting ready to go into the warehouse and everything. I mean, it's already part of the warehouse, but he was getting ready to walk around that corner into the warehouse further. And it stops. It looks right at that camera. And it looks like a man, a man shape, but it, it's really vague, you know, you can't really make it out very well. But he looks into that camera, turns back, and like just ducks out of view. Well, sucks back out of view, like takes a step backwards and just kind of like straightens up and gets back out of the camera. It was <laughs> kind of made me laugh. But it was something. There were other things that we caught on that too. Weird lights. These lights would happen all the time. One time there was this, uh, I really don't know what to make of it, but it looked like a cross, but not like a, not like a Bible cross. Imagine like a plus sign, more like a plus sign. And it was just light on that one wall, kind of like in the middle of that one wall. Stayed there for a little while, then just kind of faded away. I thought that was really weird. I didn't know how to explain that one, but we, I always caught different lights, um, I guess you call them orbs, kind of all over in there, you know, there's quite a few of them, and different sounds, it would catch sounds all the time, like, yeah, I could write that off as an old building, but, like, things dropping, or things slamming all the time, like, all night, and we really don't have things down there that do that, the only thing close to that is when that big heater would kick on, it would make a kind of a, I don't know, like a slam sound, I guess you could say. But you could hear it. It's just distinct. These other things are like, sound like maybe like a, a broom handle falling to the concrete or... I mean, they were just different sounds from that heater. And that heater would only kick on every now and then, then kick back off. And it was distinct. I mean, you could recognize it from, from that video alone. Just from working there. You're like, oh, that's a heater, you know. So other things are just odd sounds. But they'd happen quite a bit. So, uh, that was the weird thing we caught on there. There was other things. I, I really don't remember a lot of them. You know, but my brother, I'd show him every time I'd catch something. Hey, look at this, look at this. Because he worked on the furniture side. <laughs> and I was always showing him the weird things I'd catch on that camera. Well, anyways, one night, one night I was getting ready to leave and my... My wife and daughter were waiting for me, and, uh, they were, well, my daughter had to go in and use the bathroom, so my wife brought her in. I said, yeah, just go to, I gotta load out this last customer, and then we'll, I'll be gone, we'll, we'll head home. You know, they were there to pick me up. Well, when they were in that bathroom, there was, well, see, I came back to clock out, and I gotta walk by that bathroom to clock out, and they were already coming out, and my wife told, asked me, were you bothering that door? You know, trying to get in there, messing with us? And I told her no. She just said, ew, like that, and grabbed my daughter and just kept walking us out really fast. I thought, I wonder what the heck happened. So I, I clocked out and jumped in with them and I was driving home and I was asking her what happened. And she was telling me that, you see, my daughter, when she was small, she would call, 
like a bad spirit or something, a nani, and it was sticking its fingers under that door. Well, she said at first it was uh, jiggling that door handle, and she was just getting Bree's uh, pants up, you know, and like getting her button back up and stuff, and her back, Amber's back was to the door, and Bree said, look, there's that nani, and there was fingers under that door. You know, and it was pulling from the bottom of the door at this point. Well, they walked down that, hey, she thought it was me. So she didn't really think anything of it, but she went out and she was going back over to that side. But she stopped just to get my daughter's belt kind of buckled. And Bree said it again. There's that nanny pointed down that really dark aisle, you know, on that furniture side, that first row there. Close to the flooring side, well, anyways. My wife just grabbed her and walked over, and that's when she asked me if that was me over there bothering with the door. I told her no, and I thought, huh. Well, now this thing's starting to bother my family. You know, it's one thing to bother me, but I don't want it thinking it can bother mess with my family like that, so I'm going to bring some smudge in tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of that thing, you know. That's what I thought. And so, uh, I go back in that next day and I call up to that store and I said um you know after work I called that office lady and I said look I'm gonna burn some some smudge down here and she says what's wrong I said oh nothing I just it would make me feel better if I could just burn it she says well I'll do what you gotta do to, you know feel good you know they know we're natives but they're non-natives and I said all right I said but if that fire alarm goes off that's why I said don't freak out I'll just fan, fan it till it quits. <laughs> That's what I told her. And she said, alright. And so, everybody left. And I turned off all of those lights in that whole place. And it was, it was raining out at the time. And I didn't have on any, you know, radio. Anything like that. Computers off. Everything was off, even on the other side. And, uh. I started in, you know, I started with my prayers and everything and asking for protection and I went through that whole place clockwise, first on my side and I left that front door open, that's where I ended, I, whatever was there, it's, you know, telling it to leave out that door and I went to the other side to do the same thing and I was just going down those aisles trying to flush it out whatever it was but you know I was praying for it too I wasn't just uh, you know trying to pray for myself or, or or just I was praying for it too whatever that bad thing was or you know whatever it was there I was praying for it myself and that building those grounds and I get to this point where I can feel it I walked down this aisle, and there it is, right in front of me. Because <laughs> uh, it's trying to scare me, but it's in this dark place where I can't see it. But I know it's there. It's, it's like hitting me with, uh, I guess the only way I can describe it is if someone had a bucket of water, and they just kept splashing you, you know? But, well, it wasn't water, it was fear. It was trying to hit me with fear. That's kind of like the only way I can describe it. But uh, I knew that if I had that smudge, 
that nothing could bother me, you know, that the, I do see the Creator, you know, that the old man was, was with me, and he couldn't, uh, whatever was there couldn't bother me, so I, I wasn't too, I guess, uh, concerned, or I didn't really get that fight or flight too bad, you know, it was there, but it wasn't, I kind of had it under control, I guess I'd say I was managing it. But I, I walked, I stopped for a minute because it just kind of like, I don't know, like I stopped, like I walked into it or something, I don't know, it was weird. And I just prayed really hard right there. And when I got done, I just kept walking past that spot, finished that whole place, closed that door. And ever since I did that, that night, kind of cleansed that whole building out, both sides. That thing never bothered me again. Never. You know. Kind of the way I think about that is. That guy that had killed himself. Pretty sure it was him there. Like I said. Because I would say his name and things would happen. So. I think he was trying to get my attention. As if I was trying to. If I'm trying to say what happened there. You know. It, it was that. It He was trying to get my attention. You know. He was stuck, I think, and he needed help to get over. And so I think that's what I provided for him, you know, was just to kind of help him over. And I, I did. You know, I, I just realized that if there's something bad there, then, you know, maybe it needs help too, whatever it is. Because I didn't get the feeling it was something non-human. You know, I kind of got the feeling it was a... Of a person, well, because I seen it looked like a person would peek at me, you know, in that camera. So, so anyway, that's kind of how I approached that and, and kind of made that come to a conclusion. Was when I finally smudged it out and it worked, it stayed away, whatever it was, quit happening again, and it wouldn't, wouldn't bother around anymore. So, kind of moving on now from that warehouse and that whole time of all of that kind of spooky stuff that happened down there. So my brother and him, they kept getting bothered over at this uh, place they used to live at down, down here in Bozeman. And I kept hearing the stories, my godson, which is also my nephew that was there and that, whatever, that, that kid pushed him, you know, they could, his mom seen, my sister-in-law seen a little kid's arm push my nephew out of that little play tent they had, and she looked in there and she thought maybe those other kids are just being mean to him, but there was no kids in there, she was going to say, hey guys, should, you know, don't play so rough, you know, something like that, and there was no other kid in there, because he kind of sat back, Casey, and he kind of sat back, and he's, you know, kind of cried, a little bit, like, frustrated that <laughs> he got pushed out of there. And, anyway, so my sister-in-law said she didn't see anything in there of what was happening. So, anyways, all these things kept happening like that. Uh, one time they seen an old woman outside by their tree. and It's just all these things just kept happening there. And my brother-in-law heard two, a boy and a girl 
playing and you know because he, he would play those video games and my brother and them all left to the store took everybody he stayed to play those games he got up to use the bathroom and as he was going back he could hear those kids playing back there and he said huh but everybody left so he went back there to check in that room and as soon as he got ready to open that door that one of those kids said Shh, here he comes and he opened it thought he was gonna see you know the other kids in there <laughs> nobody in there so things like that just kept happening and then you know kind of getting bad it was getting bad so one night I I went to cleanse it out myself and there I kind of don't want to go into too much detail on how how I how I did it or, or what I was doing you know because it's kind of private it's kind of a I was taught how to do it in a sweat, and I don't, I don't really want to kind of talk about that, how that works. Anyways, I was doing this thing, basically a cleansing, and there was nobody in that house. I was there by myself, but the kitchen light was on, and it was kind of toward evening. And as I got there into that kitchen, I'm standing there with, you know, my, my stuff, and... I was just thinking to myself, all right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go around this. I'm gonna do it like this, you know. I was thinking how I could approach it, doing it clockwise, because everything's clockwise with us. And I was kind of thinking how I should do it, but as soon as I got there, I, I was look, <laughs> I looked straight ahead of me, and there was an old lady standing there with her head down, like right in front of me. And her hair was shaggy, kind of black and. I could see white in it too. And she had this old dress on that was kind of. Uh, is must have at one point been kind of like white. Oh, it was really dirty and like burnt. You know, kind of. That's how it looked. And she was really. Her, her hair looked kind of like greasy. Kind of wet almost. I don't know. She was, it was really kind of freaky, but. I, I was just going to walk past her. And just keep doing what I was doing, cleansing, you know. And as soon as I went to step around her, she took a step toward me. <laughs> she went right into my face and lifted her head up. Like, as she stepped in my path, she lifted her head up like one fluid motion. And was looking right. Jeez, I don't know, there's about a fist between our noses. She was that close, looking right in my face. And... I couldn't smell anything on her or anything like that but I could see her and you know her face was I don't know how to describe it old dirty maybe burnt in a few places it's kind of you know it's kind of like dark here and there it's kind of freaky you know I mean it was <laughs> it wasn't too bad because, you know, again, I was cleansing, so I had those things with me, those holy things, and I wasn't worried too much. And I looked her right in her face, uh, right back at her, and I told her, I said, you don't scare me. I said, you're dead. You shouldn't be here. You know, and I just stepped around her, and I walked down toward would be my brother in him's room, brother in his wife's room, to start cleansing, you know, that way, and... 
I made my way all the way around that house. Oh, anyways, as soon as I get into that, that past their living room, into their bedroom door, I looked back and I didn't see her. She was gone. And thought, whatever, I'm just going to keep going through here. I got to get this done. And so I went into his bathroom, to his closet, I mean, through his bedroom, to his closet, back out. Down the other side, you know, I was going big clock, clockwise, circle there, you know, as much as I could make it. So I had to go all the way back down to the opposite end, where there was another kid's room there. And I, I finally made it all the way through there, and back to where I started, and I noticed something in his, his closet, in my brother's closet, but I couldn't see it. There was something in there too. Way back on the opposite end of the house, in the, be my niece's room, there was something in her closet too. And there was also something under her bed. <laughs> yeah, and I get to the next room, the other kid's room, and there was something in that closet. So, kind of like those, I don't know, those few places where there was things, there were other things there. Well, I didn't really know anything about those rooms, per se, you know? Like, I didn't know they used to hear something breathing under that bed, where I knew there was something there. <laughs> I didn't know that. Later on, I kind of heard those stories about it. Also, they were really afraid of their closets. Well, I know down in the other room they were. And anyways, I remember my brother saying something about his closet one time too, but I thought that was... Anyways, what, what I did to that place, I don't even think it helped. Because they things just kept happening there. It got so bad that they had to, you know, bring some people from societies down. You know, the holy societies. And they were here, and we all went there. They painted our faces and blessed that place and chased whatever they could out of there. But even that was only temporary. They, they got bothered until the day they left that place, you know. So whatever was there, I don't know, it was... It was pretty strong, whatever it was, but I just knew something was happening to my brother, so I had to at least try to help, and I had to. So this next story is, uh, it's actually, just, it's a dream, and it's about my, my grandpa, but I thought I would tell it. So, you know, my... Grandpa, he passed away in the early 2000s, and I, I was there with him when he did. It was sad, you know, kind of don't want to go into too much of that. It's kind of personal. Anyways, so this is years later, about, let's see, three, four years later, maybe, five years later. I have this dream, and I'm doing flooring, I'm installing flooring in this old country house, you know, and he comes, 
I see him. He he looks like a like a little sun, like a ball of light, like a sun, <laughs> about beach ball size, and he's coming through this field, and I just know it's him. I don't know how, but I just know it's him. I'm really staring at him out that window, that living room window. We're watching him come up. And this house is way out in the country in my dream. And he comes in and he comes in through this corner of this house. He kind of comes in behind me. And I know it's him, but at that point I don't want to stare. You know, because it's rude. And, uh, I, I just, I don't know, I just felt good that he was there. And I... I have this pair of tin snips of his that I keep. They, they come with me in my, my tool set there on every job with me, you know. And so I, I said, I said, Grandpa, I said, do you know that I take you with me on every job I go to? And he said, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And uh, as I, as I'm sitting there, just looking at those snips, I put them back down. And then I, I'm kind of curious about the other people that have passed. And my dogs. <laughs> and so I asked him, I said, well, well, how's Grandma doing? He said, oh, she's good. She's good. She just got back. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant. Just got back. I don't know from what or, or what. I said, oh. I said, well, how about those dogs? Those Chopper, Peanuts, and the Scunny. You know, oh, they're all good, too. They're good. <laughs> he just kept saying that, that, that they were all good. But, um, it wasn't much longer after that. I I woke up. But I really felt happy that he, he came. You know, he came to that, uh, came to me in that dream. There was one other time that he came, and I, I thought it was, man, it was really cool because, you know, I, I've told this story on previous podcasts, but uh, I'm just trying to get them all together right here, so I have them all in one place, I guess. But on this one, another dream, it was Christmas morning and we were at my in-laws. Uh, you know, my dad had called that's what woke me up that morning. Somebody woke me up and said, hey, your dad's on the phone. Well, anyways, that night before, they were opening some presents at Christmas Eve, I want to say. Or they were just all sitting around. Anyways, I, I was watching them all. And, you know, we used to do that when my grandma was alive, too. You know, she passed away in 86. We used to all, watch, you know, do the same thing. So I'm watching them, and I'm way back in that kitchen, away from that living room. And I I say under my breath, but I still say it out loud. I say, Grandpa, I said, if you hear me, just just know that I'm, I'm thinking about you. And I don't know if these people know how much they're blessed right now to have all this, but I know, and I remember it when we used to have this. I just want you to know, Grandpa, I'm thinking about you and I love you. And you know, if, if you hear me, it's just, uh, it'll give me a sign somehow. I'll know, just somehow. And, and if you can't, then that's all right, too. Don't worry about it. And that's all I said. 
So that night I went to sleep, we made a bed in that living room and that's where we slept, me and my wife. And I was dreaming and in my dream I was, it's one of those dreams where you wake up, you know, you don't know that you're dreaming because you, you wake up, like you come to and you're in some place new but you can't tell you're dreaming. I look, I look down at my, I come to and I look down at my legs my arms <laughs> I'm thinking what the heck I had these kind of like these high moxin looking things almost like boots but I know they were up high like that to protect against those stickers that were around there that's why I had them up like that like shin guards almost well as I can have my hands I kind of had like this bridge cloth looking thing on but it was kind of long I don't know I was just looking at them I was like oh crap I'm dark I be out in the sun a lot <laughs> that's what I was thinking and uh well, I just got back to it because there was these two boys that I was teaching how to run those buffalo through, through like a pyramid of rocks and run them. It's like you, it's almost like you build a fence and you get them on one side and you run them through. And, uh, you know, there was a little boy there. I was teaching him his spot, what he had to do, you know, because he had to do a, a part of it like up front there and the buffalo get there. Anyways, uh, he kept messing it up. There, he, he must have been about 8 or 9. The other boy must have been about 12. I must have been about in my 20s. And I, I was starting to get mad. Like, not mad. Just like getting stern with him. Because I, I wanted him to succeed. And so I said, uh, I said, if you do that again, I said, your family's going to starve. And if you want your family to starve, and do that again. They will. You know, I was kind of getting on him like that, giving him tongue lashing. And as soon as we're getting ready to run through it all and do it over again, I was going to show him. And, geez, I got pulled. Like, I just straight off my feet backwards through the air. Like, I was flying backwards. And the world was getting small, like a, like a tunnel like tunnel vision and it was getting ready to blink out but that little boy cupped his hands over his mouth and he started yelling something and I didn't know what he was yelling but somehow I willed myself to stop falling or whatever was happening to stop and I did I stopped and I said what's that and I could hear him yell and I listened really close I said it again what's that and he was yelling, he said, Hapa skinna, like that. We yelled it. What? He yelled it again. You know, then I let go. I was falling back. But that's what he was yelling, Hapa skinna. And then somebody woke me up and said, Hey, your dad's on the phone. And so I was talking to him. He was just asking what we were going to do that day. I told him, well, we're just going to make our rounds, open presents and stuff. He said, well, be, be sure and stop by, huh? He says, I'm up at your Aunt Betty's right now, but uh, I'll be up at my house. I told him, all right. And um, before he left, I said, hey, Dad. I said, does this mean anything to you? And I said, hapa skinna. Like that, I told him. He says, well, now, let me ask your Aunt Betty. It might mean something to you. So he asked her, and she said, um, 
That's how you said dad's Indian name. It means weasel or apaskna. <laughs> so I knew that he heard me that night when I was talking, you know, kind of missing them and thinking about all those times we opened presents there. I knew he heard. So back down here in uh, in Bozeman, um, I had this this contract to do this old farmhouse, and this lady stayed there, and she was sick, and uh, she always stayed in her room. She she she'd come down every now and then, but she'd have to walk down these stairs, and I knew it was kind of hard on her, so she was just kind of hole up in her room, kind of resting, you know, and. My helper was my brother-in-law at the time, and I, we were doing a kind of a wood floor in that house, replacing, it, it was a lot of work in there, carpet in those bedrooms, it was a lot of work, a lot of furniture that we had to move, well, I, I told him, I said, hey, don't, don't go up those stairs, or don't mess around up there, and, you know, there's that old lady that's sick, so just kind of leave that place alone at this side over here. Cause we had furniture all over in there in the way and stuff so I didn't want him trying to go up there to take a shortcut through because well I just didn't want that lady to get bothered you know by our sounds or as much as <laughs> it was loud anyways what we we're doing but yeah I just wanted to be all right up there by herself not being bothered let her rest well, anyways uh we have all this stuff kind of barricaded. You have to pick your way through just right to get through those stairs up to her room anyways. But at the bottom of those stairs straight across was the bathroom we had to use. And we're replacing the vinyl in there too. And well anyways, my brother-in-law was way in the back bathroom doing that one. And I was going to start moving up to this one after I was done with that kitchen. Well, I seen him walk by. He walked by and he went up those stairs. Oh, this guy. <laughs> why did he, why did he do, you know. Jesus, so I, I thought, I said, hey, you know, I said his name. Hey, Blue. And nothing. He didn't look at me and I, I got up, man, and I, I went up there. Tell him, hey, come on, man, come back downstairs. Don't, don't go up here. But when I went up there and I, I looked around, like he wasn't even up there. He was gone I mean I don't know I just seen him walk up the stairs <laughs> I was kind of confused like what the hell is he hiding up here so there's no place for him to hide and so anyways I went back down and I went back to where he was working I hollered before I got there I said hey blue yo okay he was still in that bathroom <laughs> he didn't even walk by <laughs> I thought that was you know <laughs> There was something out there too, and it'd make it look like other people, like it could mimic how people looked, you know. That's what it, that's what it was doing out there, that thing, whatever it was. But it was at that old lady's house. So recently, uh, there was this little house that I another little farmhouse well 
There was a house built in the middle of this field, and I think the people that want to land around it must they must do hay, like alfalfa or something. I'm not sure, but maybe even wheat. But this little lady that owns all that land, she had this house built for her uh, for her daughter, or her granddaughter was gonna stay there, and uh, what it was was basically just two of those Amish sheds. Kind of shaped like an L, laid out like an L, those two sides. Then they built a, like a custom add-on to it where it joined the two together. It's really nice. And I got the contract to do wood floors out there. But when I first got there, I, I kept hearing, I kept hearing somebody with a hammer in there. <laughs> the other trim guy, he left. And I, I kept hearing somebody pounding in that. To me, it sounded like that bathroom way back on the other side of that, that L shape. And I I didn't think nothing of it. So while they were working, so I didn't, you know, just had my headphones on and listened to a book. I just kept working myself. Finally, I got up. I thought, I'm going to go see this, who that is. I don't know why they bang like that so much. I went back there and there was nobody there. When I went back there, then I would hear the banging where I was just at, in the living room. <laughs> I thought, okay, there's got to be an explanation for this, but whatever. I just went back in there, listened for it, and I didn't hear it. Then I'd hear it back in that back room again. I just kept doing that. Wherever I went, it would bang somewhere else. Just kept on like that and kept on like that. And so, I... I kind of just put my headphones on and ignored it. That first day it was it was happening like that. And I turned up my my volume. I actually put on music so it was more, <clears throat> excuse me, more distracting. And I went through and finished what I was doing. But uh, one of those days I went back, I want to say it was the next day I went back, uh, or a day after. Anyways, I was on a day like a few more days at that time. And I heard, uh, I heard somebody walking around in that back room. I was wondering who it was, you know. So <laughs> I get up and I go back. There's nobody, of course. And as soon as I'm leaving that back room, that's where I have my pile of wood stacked. Well, they're still in the boxes, but they're stacked there. And one of the boxes gets thrown as I turn that corner to leave it just gets thrown on the floor and I knew there was okay there's no, <laughs> there's no way that can happen there's something here I'm not sure what it is anyways I always call my mom and visit her when I'm at work or going to work you know I thought I'd call her and just you know we're always telling each other stories and well I'm gonna tell her about this and I picked up my phone to call her and Jesus damn thing said no, no data or something weird. I don't know. And it wouldn't let me call her. Like, I couldn't call her. <laughs> it's the first time that's ever happened, and it's never happened since. So the phone's acting up. I don't know what the heck's going on, but I just put it down, and I was thinking, I'm going to keep working, and I don't know, just ignore it. And then my mom calls me through that phone, and... Anyways, I was about to call you. There's something odd happening here. and Kind of describing to her what was going on. And 
you know, she started laughing and saying, oh, you know, whatever, telling my, uh, telling her husband, you know, what was, oh, this is happening around. Anyways, it just kept on like that. And one night, or one day, my wife was laying on his couch and I had this friend down here. You know, his daughter is my daughter's really good friend and he was our neighbor for a while. Uh, veteran, army veteran. It was a mortarman. Anyways, he had a lot of, you know, PTSD and stuff from Afghanistan. And he wasn't, he was struggling, you know, but trying to make it all work. It, I'd, I'd talk with him a lot, you know, whenever I'd see him. We'd always visit about this or that. But that was about it. Anyways, he ended up uh, killing himself, you know. And he was dog died too with him when he killed himself. His dog died too. But he didn't kill his dog. It it died with him. I don't know how, but it's same day his dog died. Uh, so my wife was she had this dream, and she said, uh, she said, yeah, he he come to this door to our house where we live and he said is his rod here he says no not yet and he says well when he gets here he says tell him to come see me I need his help and so I was thinking wait a minute is that him out there at that house trying to get my attention you know I start thinking like that like just trying to so anyways I go back and I, I pray I pray and I pray for him. That that house, I you know, I, I pray smudge off and everything and I go back out there and nothing happens. It's all quiet. No more bangs, more people walking around. No none of that. <laughs> so I don't know. You can make it out what you will, but pretty sure he might have needed help, you know. With, with something, just struggling, you know, having a hard time cross or something. So I prayed for my friend and it all seemed to work out. At least I hope it did. So this last story that I have, I mean, I have more that I keep remembering and then forgetting, but uh, I got the bulk of them out here, so, so we have them all. But I, I, I have a ton from my own family too, and like I'm trying to get my wife to tell her she has a she has a lot, and my brother he'll be telling you know a lot of his stories too. One of my other friends is gonna tell some stories, and I got some Bigfoot uh, stories that I need to release yet. They ain't out from uh, uh, Wade Running Crane. He's he tells some stories. So, anyways, this last one I'm gonna tell is about my dad. You know, he passed away in 2018. And so this is after that. I'm staying in this. This is before I bought this house. And I'm at the time I'm staying in this, this little place with my crew. My work crew. While we're working. And uh, it's like a little tiny apartment. Well, this guy rents out to workers. And so he, he, he rented to me that little place. 
And so one of those weekends, I'm getting ready to head back up to uh, Browning and spend the weekend up there. And uh, just getting everything packed up, you know, my clothes and whatever, the rest taken up. And I forgot something in my room, so I went back into my room. And uh, as you walk back in there, you pass by the bathroom door, and the bathroom door was open. That bathroom mirror reflects right to the front door. So you can see the front door from there, right? As I'm walking into the room. And as I'm walking in, I, I see my dad through that reflection of the mirror. He walked through that front door. But he stopped. Almost like he was saying, whoa, where are we going? You know, <laughs> just like abruptly stopped and he was looking around like kind of wondering what was going on. And I... I didn't look directly into the mirror, it was at the peripheral, and I thought, if I look, it's going to disappear, I'm just going to keep standing here like this, I don't want to leave just yet, <laughs> well, I end up looking, as soon as I looked at him, he didn't disappear in that mirror, he didn't, he stayed there, man, I looked really good at him, you know, like a good glance, I, he was young, he wasn't sick anymore. He was, jeez, I'm sort of about, I don't know, 25 or so. He looked strong, man, like when I see him. He looked like muscly, like big. <laughs> and, you know, shiny black hair. He was wearing his cowboy shirt and his Wranglers. And they, they looked new, kind of newer clothes. His shirt was white. Had blue jeans on. You know, still had his glasses, but he looked, uh, I don't know, he looked really healthy. What did I see? And I was like, oh, Dad. Then I, I spun around to look at that door. He was gone. <laughs> but I just knew, I just knew he was there, you know, going to travel with me that day. Kind of felt good about it. It was good to see him, but, because you know, I had a, I really struggled with this passing, you know, it was a, it was a gut punch. It was a tough one, you know, to get over. So, I want to release one more podcast tomorrow. It might be late. Um, but yeah, we'll have one more out for tomorrow, right on Halloween. So anyways, uh, thank everybody for joining us here. Thank all the patrons, all the listeners, as, as always. I really enjoy doing this and I'm glad that you guys like tuning into our stories here. And, uh, thanks for all the support and until uh, next time.